Hello everyone and welcome back to So Here's What We Did, where we have candid conversations about modern mindful parenting. I'm Angela and as always, I am joined by my super sweet and kind husband, Saru. Hey, what's going on, y'all? So as promised, we are back with a couple of super simple tips that you can incorporate into your routine to quell anxiety in your home. In our previous podcast, we were discussing the American childhood and how it's been just wrought with anxiety due to so many different things that are going on. Can you give us a quick recap of some of the things that we discussed in case someone has missed it? The big thing is, um, you know, having a relationship with your your child so that you can tell when they're, you know, quite possibly experiencing things that um, are too much for them. Uh, how anxiety, um, you know, can play a, a big part of who our kids are and, you know, what their experience is. That's absolutely right. One of the first things that has been great for our home, something that we did, is establishing a reliable routine. For whatever reason, and I know as an adult, I'm the same way, I flourish with a routine. I flourish with a, a schedule. And kids tend to respond very positively to knowing that this is the time that we're going to wake up. This is the time that we're going to have lunch or this is the time we're gonna do homework. Having a routine just gives them something less to worry about. Yeah, I, I just wanna send a shout out to um, know what to know or know what to expect when you're expecting. And while that may seem strange, like, why in the world are you bringing that up? You know, when you're going into having a child, you feel better knowing what to expect. You know, you want to be, especially when you're going into it your first time, you want to know, how should I feel when my baby's moving, you know, inside of me? How often should I feel that? When do I cross certain barriers, so to say? You know, when is the time I might be going through Brax, Braxton Hicks? Mm-hmm. But you want to know what to expect. That takes away half of the fear that you might have, you know, into doing things. So as a child, if they can know what to expect, and if you have a routine, it's so much easier to know what to expect. So I love that concept of preparing people for, you know, what lies ahead. Absolutely. And something that I know that you have started and really um, spearheaded in our home is the time when we are not going to have any screen time. There is a certain time every day that the kids can anticipate the phones are going down, there's going to be limited television, no video games, that is something that they know to expect. And one thing I love about that is there are no tantrums. There are no, well, you caught me off guard. I was in the middle of something. And it kind of undermines a lot of the drama that you can have in your home because you don't have a routine. You know, it it takes me back to the concept of cursive writing. You know, when you print words, it causes your mind to start and stop every single time that you, you know, lift your pen up from that letter. 
But when you write in cursive, it kind of has your mind to where it's winding and it's a continuous pattern. That's the same thing with the ills of, uh, of, of technology. It's so many different, you know, left and rights and different colors. It's so many things to make your mind start and stop and start and stop and start and stop. And it can program your mind to always be looking for that next quick change. And so when you can take away that technology, it causes everybody to slow down and move kind of together in the same pattern. If, if we're watching TV together, you know, we can all be in it together. There, there can be a joke that somebody can make that we're all into it together. So it really calms down your mind and to me kind of does that cursive writing right, type of deal right. with, your, with your head. I see what you did there. And that is something that I really enjoy. And again, one of the, the blessings and the silver lining of this COVID pandemic has been we are spending more focused time as a family. I have enjoyed so much, and I know the kids have enjoyed because they've individually have come up to me and said things like, Mom, I really liked it when we watched this movie. Right. And it was so funny when this happened. And we're able to talk to them about things that we experienced as children from the movies that we right. watched when right. we were children. Right. And I think that's an awesome thing because you're really taking them back to, you know, how you felt when certain songs played. Right. Or, or how you felt when you you know, saw certain comedies or you might have saw, you know, Eddie Murphy or something on TV. And it's like, you can talk about those things, but when you sit and watch it together, I think one, it takes you back, but it helps your kids to see, oh, okay, I kind of know who they are a little bit better, what they talking about, you know? Right, and that shared laughter. Right, Oh my right, gosh, you know, right. everybody knows that laughter is so good for the soul. It's a, a way to just release. And when you can laugh together, like Man. I know when we sit down and watch, what was it, the Dan Aykroyd and John Candy. The Great Outdoors. The Great Outdoors. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was. it's so nice to just have that rumbling of laughter, Man. kind of just come to the surface all together at the same time and everybody laughs at once. It's just so nice to have that. You know, the funny thing is that it sounds like we're not talking about anxiety. But the funny thing about it is if you want to, you know, counteract anxiety, it's with laughter. Right. You know, it's a lot harder to be depressed when you're spending time with your loved ones. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is these interactions, I think, that we miss. Right. You know, there's so much evil that can come through. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, you, you know how I feel about the computer's the devil, but <laughs> it's not just that, you know. It, it, it's so much more that they can get. It's so much kinder the way that you're going to interact with your, your, your family than, per se, you know, this blogger or, or this, you know, video game person and how they're communicating. So the kids love that, like you said, that common laughter, that, you know, changing the culture of having shared things to talk about, different right. phrases and, you know, different things like that. Right. And even just as we're talking about this now, you can notice that there's a change in our lilts in the way that we communicate. We're we're happier just right. talking just about, talking it. about and it. And it almost seems as if we're not discussing anxiety. Did, did you say the word lilt? Lilt. Lilt. L-I-L-T. All right, just for all y'all, I have no idea what lilt means, and I don't even know why she knows 
What is that? Like you found it out on Jeopardy or something? No. What it, is it means like like a change in your voice. Okay. Like I'm you know, it. like a, a, a way that you. So instead of saying words. change in your voice, you say lip. I got you. Let's right. roll. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's the laughter. That's the bringing about something to counteract. You know, yeah, there's so many ills and evils that are going on, and my God, you know, just watching TV, you see every ounce of everything that's bad so to be able to get away from that and and laugh about nothing you know you don't have to have this certain thing the certain thing doesn't have to happen to bring laughter in your lives you know it can be an organic thing right word like lilt lilt (laughs) (laughs) and to be honest that is one of the ways that we are choosing to support this community. Right. It would be so easy for us to come on here and to be basically an audio textbook and, and wax poetic about philosophies and shifts in paradigms. Right. We could very easily do that. But what I find as a parent myself, I learn more from people that speak to me in common language. That's right. I don't want someone that I have to take out a notebook and I have to be drawing diagrams. I want someone that can speak to me in a very comforting way, like I'm sitting down with a friend, enjoying a cup of coffee or whatever that is that you have in your tumbler there. (laughs) And just talk. And you when you when you go to lunch with your girlfriend or your your bud, when you leave lunch you feel better and whatever it was that you were worried about whatever was going on in your home or whatever you were stressed out about at work you feel better when you walk away from it because you know i don't i can't remember exactly what the uh, the percentages were but we we talked about what wisdom is and understanding that like 80 percent i know it was it was 80 percent of the stuff that happens in your life you can't change Uh, 10% is knowing what you can change and whatever the other 10% was. The whole thing is there's so much that goes on in our lives that we can't change. Mm -hmm. So it's not about necessarily processing on, you know, how can I interact with this thing to change? It's more so a lot of times learning to accept the things that we can't change. And the things that we can change, understanding that we need to actively do some stuff to change that. Right. And this is completely, it goes into and it supports having that routine and having these opportunities to include free time or downtime. That is something that I really encourage parents to do when I'm talking to them or when they're, they're, they're bringing issues that they may be having. Incorporate some free time and downtime into your routine. It really, really concerns me when a child's schedule is so penciled in down to the very moment. When do they have time to draw and dance and play and talk and snuggle? We need to make sure that we are incorporating that downtime into the routines that we are establishing. And, you know, I I talked, you know, before about how as parents um, we can learn a lot from our kids. We always think that, you know, we're older, we're teaching them, but, you know, I think our kids might even teach us more than we teach them. Mm -hmm. Um, Boy two, it was a situation where he was just starting uh, middle school. 
we had a lot of different options that he could partake in. And, you know, he started playing piano when he was two. He got, you know, pretty good for it, at least for a little kid. And um, so, you know, they had a piano teacher and they had art club and all of these different things. And um, boy number two looked at his schedule and said, Dad, these are the two things um, I'm going to choose. And I was like, you ain't going to play piano? He was like, no, that's taking too much of my time. And it made me to think about, whoa, you know, this sixth grader, or I think he was actually in fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade at the time. He understands that if he's going to enjoy his life, he can't have it overwhelmed with stuff to do all the time. Because sometimes you want to sit back, smell the coffee, listen to the birds, just look at the changes in the, the clouds. or the, You, you got to have that downtime to where you can relax yourself. Because of every ounce of your day, I'm taking these kids to five different activities every day of the week. How can anyone not be stressed out doing that every day. Oh, I completely agree. And and that is something that we completely embrace in our home and just being able to have them to relax and and just kind of kick back knowing that they're not going to be overscheduled. Right. They have a routine but they're not going to be overscheduled. And that you can control the time yourselves. Right. And you do have agency over how you right. spend your time. And it's not something that they abuse. And I would think a lot of people are so quick to kind of hold those reins so tight mm -hmm. that they think that if you give them an ounce of leeway that in that routine that they will take advantage of it. Right. That's not necessarily the case. So right. I encourage you to give that a try. Another tip that we want to share to... Um, ease some anxiety that may be occurring in your home right now throughout the school year or throughout the summer is modeling healthy coping. If something goes on, let's say you were expecting a package, you got your package and it's broken. That's happened to me a lot of times. We ordered a pizza stone right. and we were so excited about the pizza stone right. We got the pizza stone and it's 3,000 million gazillion pieces. Right. If we flipped out, right. the kids would see us flipping out and then they would immediately think that's how to deal with any sort of disappointment. So practice modeling healthy coping. When you're upset about something, how do you show your household that you're upset or disappoint, disappointed about that thing? You know, I'm in a, a strange situation. I'm a big guy. I almost said my weight. Won't go there with it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I can get busy with my hands, too. And so being a big guy, being able to get busy with my hands, it makes somebody say, well, you know, why don't you power over people? You know, why don't you bully people? But... Being able to sit down with my kids and to tell them some stories of this is how I dealt with this situation. It gives them something to think about. You know, I talked about how I've done certain things in my past that could have led to, to, to me being dead. You know, it's easy to look back on life and say, you know, what you did was right. I had a situation where um, I ran this guy down. He had hit my car. I made him get out of his vehicle and, and he got out and I could tell my kids, hey, all right, number one, when he hit me, I should have called the police. I ain't do this right. 
but I did get this guy out of this vehicle. And so what do I do then? You know what I mean? This could have went so many different ways. It could have been him getting out of his car, and especially these days, getting out of his car and shooting me. I could be dead based on this situation. But he didn't have a gun. He got out. I'm obviously way bigger than him. He was talking crazy. I could have got into a verbal and a physical confrontation. I could have hit him one time. He could have been dead. And then now I'm having to pay the rest of my life for not being able to control my emotions. So these are conversations that we need to have with our children. Let them know how we felt in certain situations. Letting them know these are the things that I could have done differently. And if I had to do over again, this is how I would deal with it. It can help our kids to know what to expect. You know what I'm saying? And I love the way you said that. And another thing that I... I am totally in love with you for, and oh, I love yeah, <laughs> that you do with our sons is you share with them the good, the bad, and the ugly. And there are t- different stages in our lives as parents. We forget that before we were parents, we were people. We had relationships. Right. We had um, jobs, we had situations and things that went on in our life. We, we were kids once. And it is so comforting when you talk to the kids about things that you've experienced. And then I notice that they feel like, well, I can talk to my mom and my dad about right. anything. Right. They're not judging me. They're human they're just a few steps ahead in the game than I am. And I notice they will come and they will just sit down at the foot of our bed and just talk to you. And you will have the best stories, the best anecdotes on, well, this is something that I did when I was about your age and it was completely terrible, but I'm okay. Please don't do this. Here's something you can do instead of this <laughs> right, thing. Right, right, right. And they don't look at you any less. They look at you like you're a giant. You know, right. like you are the the best person in the world, the most wealthy resource in the world. And that's dad. It, it was like that movie we saw. I didn't understand it the first probably 10 times I saw it. And then it was like, oh my goodness, this is a great movie. Was it called Big Fish? Yeah, big fish. And you know, if you don't, if you haven't seen that that picture, it's about um, this guy who tells all of these like huge stories, you know, outlandish stories to um, his child, and the child thinks that his dad is like this superhero. But then he gets older, and he's like, "There's no way in the world that this could have been real." You know, my daddy was lying to me. And then when his dad passed, he was able to meet those people that had these, you know. They're just large characters. And I think that's the beauty in being able to share stories with with your children. You know, it's not that you're lying about people, but, you know, when you're going through something, it can be the biggest, best thing that, you know, ever could have happened. Your kids want to get to know you, not just get to know you as, you know, who you are as their father at, you know, I'm 30 something. I'm not sure my age. But <laughs> you're definitely not 30 not something. 30 something. <laughs> but they also want to know who was I, you know, who are they going to be in the next 10 years? You know, who was I 10 years ago or who was I, you know, during these times and how can they compare 
their normal life to my normal life, even though they could be completely different. Right. And talking about things is an active way to model healthy coping. You know, using whatever tool you choose to initiate the conversation, it doesn't have to be the same one that we've had success with. But if you want to use music as a way right. to initiate um, conversations, right. you can. And something else to think about is don't just tell your children how to overcome emotions. This is something they shared in the article on The Atlantic. Show them. And I want to read a brief um, excerpt of that. When you get anxious or stressed, verbalize how you're coping with the situation. You can say something along the lines of, this looks a bit scary, but I'll give it a go. And it lets your kids see that we can do scary things. And I'm not talking about dangerous things. That's something that we, we, we discuss in our book, I'll Forever Fight For You. There's a line in there that says, as long as it's not dangerous, right. we'll never tell you no. We're not talking about those things. We're talking about, I have a fear of learning to swim. I have a fear of driving on the expressway. Right. Take those fear projects. Take those small, tangible things that you are afraid of that you can systematically attack and become less afraid of and learn to do and let your kids observe you doing that. But it starts with a conversation. And you know, you're never too old to confront things that you're afraid of. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> some stuff is like, I'm, I'm not jumping on no plane. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm gonna be afraid of that and I, I just I ain't gonna do it. But, you know, being real in front of your kids you know, my wife laughs at me because I use the word Herman. <laughs> We're human beings. And, and it's like we might be bigger humans than our children, but we're still human beings. We're still afraid of stuff. I had a situation <laughs> with a tree rat. And I'm not going to go like it's a complete details, <laughs> but just know before I got my house fixed, we just moved in. I got a tree rat, came in my attic, came in my house. And at three o'clock in the morning, is me and the tree rat face to face, and it was Don't. the scariest thing. <laughs> we'll have to do like a story time. You guys comment in the um, drop us a line box if you want us to do a story time about the tree rat. Just put hashtag tree rat, and we'll know if you guys want us to do it in depth story so, time. So <laughs> there was a time where we had the tree rat outside. My kids are outside. I'm inside. Funniest thing ever. And so my son says, Dad, why don't you come out here with us? And I say to him, I can't. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I was able to share with them being vulnerable and it not being the worst thing in the world. So there's certain things that I will be vulnerable to that you may not be vulnerable. You know, this is how we learn to accept one another. And so... I found out that as scared as I was, two of my other kids was as scared was as scared as we, as I was. But it was one of my kids that was like, "Hey, it's not a problem. I'm gonna go ahead and deal with it." And I'm like, "You the man!" <laughs> but you know, one, it helped me to understand some of what his strengths were. But then also, you know, that stories that we'll have forever. And you know, looking at myself, 
I wasn't big bad dad at that time. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. You're always big bad dad. Word. One of the final tips that I want to share with you guys is encourage positive thinking. Something that we do in our home is what we refer to as positive self-talk. And it goes hand in hand with positive thinking. Kids with anxiety often get stuck on the worst case scenario or the what ifs in any situation. You can help them shift these thinking patterns by, you know, a couple of different things. And one of those things is reminding them of times that they've dealt with similar issues in the past and that things have worked out okay. I.e. the first day of school. There was a period in our life where we moved quite a bit. And my boy one, he is an expert at arriving in a new space, analyzing the room, working the room, and coming out on top. And out of that, what I feel as a parent is the worst case scenario. You know, every parent wants to have that, their kid that they've grown up in the same neighborhood for 15 years. And they have gone to the same elementary school. They have a handful of childhood friends. And I felt like I failed, to be honest, because I didn't give my kids that. That stability. But, well, they were stable because they were always with us. There was never a time that they were not with us. They had that stability. But I, because I take very seriously where, or we take very seriously where we choose to raise our children... If we were unsatisfied with something, and I know, I mean, we, we are mirroring this right. sentiment. Sure, sure. If we were unsatisfied with something, we absolutely wouldn't put roots down there. Right. And until we found that place, you know, if it wasn't working out, we created a plan and we moved on. And I was so worried that there was nothing good that was going to come out of that. And I don't believe in wasting anything. I use everything. Right. I'm going to, to take the meat and I'm going to leave the bones. And what he got from that was he is not afraid at all of going to a new place. Mm-hmm. When he went to camp, he flourished. He did a great job. He took away friends from that. Right. He learned a lot from that. And I And if you ask him, these are his words, he will tell you, I learned that. Because I've had the first day of school at a lot of different schools. At a lot of schools. That's right. And he's okay with that now. You know, he is okay with that. So discussing with your children times that they've dealt with similar issues in the past and how they've worked out okay Mm -hmm. can strengthen them. And, you know, something that, that kind of triggered a response in me was, you talked about how we talk to ourselves, that self-talk. And it's like, you know, I heard one of our children, you know, keep saying negative stuff about himself. And I was like, you know, you about to be in trouble. He was like, well, I'm going to be in trouble. I was like, because, you know, you can't say negative things about yourself. The world may hate you, especially through jealousy and, you know, all of these types of things. The world can say the worst stuff to you. And the more popular you become, you know, you... If you start to be on TV or whatever, then you're going to have even more people saying negative stuff about who you are. Mm -hmm. So you can't go into saying those same things to yourself. Right. Because the more you hear stuff, the more you're going to believe it, no matter what it is. 
Right. You know, somebody keeps telling you you're good at a sport, more than likely you're going to start performing better because you believe that you're good in this sport. Mm -hmm. And so if you say negative stuff about yourself, you're going to believe mm -hmm. the negative stuff that you say about yourself. Right. So you got to be in a situation that if ain't nobody else saying nothing good to you about you, you saying something good to you about you. You wake up the morning, say something good about you. You might do a hundred things wrong. So what? What you doing right? And whatever it is that you're doing right, say that to yourself. And then more than likely, that'll go from one thing you're doing right to two things doing right because you have enough confidence to, to try different things to find out what you're good at. So it's very important the self-talk that you have because, you know, as I tell my kids, your brain isn't that smart. It believes what comes into it. So you have to be in control over what goes into your brain. If bad stuff goes in, then yeah, it's gonna feel bad. If you're watching, you know, bad things on TV, you're spending your life with people who aren't aren't good for you, then you're gonna believe that stuff. So you have to do positive stuff. You gotta be around positive talk. You gotta watch positive shows so that you can start to believe or have your brain to believe the stuff that's being put in. That's right, that's right. If there is anything that I can encourage you guys to write down from this podcast, it's what I'm going to share with you right now. And this is something that we do with our children, and it 100% has proven results. Write this down and put this on your refrigerator. I'll give you a minute to grab a pen. Write down, my mind is a supercomputer, and I program it with my thoughts. That's right. I'll say that again. My mind is a supercomputer, and I program it with my thoughts. That was on our refrigerator. That's Bitcoin right there. Yes. That was on our refrigerator for, I'd say, a half a year. Yeah, that's solid. And our kids, they know that. They believe it. There was something, and I don't know what it, what it was that inspired me, but it was something that, it was like, state your number and it was like it reminded me of almost like um like the the penal system you know where it all starts with you have to know your number you don't know you don't have a name you don't have an identity right. and that works for systemic uh institutionalized incarceration that system right and i said well what if we can flip that and use it for good and rather than my kid stating his number, I want you to state everything about yourself. Word. And what I tell our boys and what you tell our boys as well, tell me who you are. Right. And we will have them stand That's in front right. of us. That's right. Tell me who you are. I'm a soccer player. I'm gifted. I'm a genius. That's right. I'm an athlete. Mm. I'm strong. Yes. And what we say to them is, if you can tell us who you are, if you know who you are, no one will ever be able to tell you about yourself. Because trust and believe, there's gonna be a lot of, there's a whole market of products that are out there because people have told themselves that they're unattractive or my hair doesn't look good this way. So I encourage you to take those things that are negative and flip it and use it to your advantage. Man, you almost made my mind go blank because that was just so powerful what you just said. You know, thanks, babe. This is 
So here's what we did. I don't think, you know, you have to be given a, a test in order to have a testimony. And I don't think that we could be here right now talking to people if we didn't have a test to have a testimony about. Right. You know, this so here's what we did is this is how some of the darkness we got out of. I remember there was one time where I felt like, you know, that, that rope in the PE class that you, you pull yourself up on. I felt like I had one hand on the rope. I'm hanging down and I got alligators at my feet nipping and biting. And, and this positive talk, these, these mantras, these sayings that she's talking about. I remember when I was in the midst of my darkness, in the midst of it, where I felt that everything was negative. My wife put on uh, 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 the, 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 the mirror in the bathroom. What did it say, baby? Keep moving forward. And so what it became for me is don't pay attention to where you at. Keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I could keep telling myself that. And so every day it was moving forward. It was climbing up the ladder. And for us in our situation, it might have took... <laughs> About five years for us to even get our feet on the rope. But we kept looking at and encouraging ourselves with our words. We knew what we needed to hear. We needed to say it to ourselves. We needed to write it down on the refrigerator. Write it down on the mirror in the bathroom so that you can tell yourself to keep going. You can tell yourself to love yourself. You can tell yourself everything that you need. Anybody else to say to you, you can say it to yourself. Because you may have been in a situation where your parents may not have given it to you. Your siblings, your friends, the people you trusted may have not given it to you. There may be things that you can go ahead and say to yourself and go ahead and believe that stuff that you've said to yourself. And it will make you become the person that you want to be. So I'm I'm about to go way too deep in this. I'm probably going to be talking <laughs> about some stuff that happened. Anyways, so babe, now that we've gotten through um, a very powerful, very powerful podcast today, what are the final things that you would like to uh, to share with your, your your followers? My friends. Your friends. <laughs> You know, my I was friends. over here like, what word is it? This is a new thing for me. You guys are my friends. You guys are my friends. And I, I love you guys. And I try to tell you guys that as much as possible, um, that you are loved and we appreciate spending time with you. Um, I don't know what people aim to get out of podcasts these days. I don't know. But what I aim to get out of this podcast is building relationships, building future generations and supporting you guys with that said my my final thoughts are don't be afraid to ask for help utilize the resources that are within reach your school guidance counselor your pediatrician i notice that pediatricians these days after the kids get to be about 13 i think they have a questionnaire that they ask the kids you know how are you feeling about yourself do you feel anxious or depressed mm -hmm. um, and I really like that because they've done the math and obviously they've done the science this is their profession and they know this is the time when you're starting to kind of feel 
maybe poorly about yourself. Right. That you're kind of questioning your body's changing, right. your hormones are shifting. It's hard. Um, yeah, it's hard. You know, this is the time when a lot of kids, they feel suicidal. They're, they're dealing with a lot of things, bullying. So that is a wonderful resource. Your school guidance counselor, your pediatrician. If you have a religious community, speaking with a trusted person, a person that you have personally vetted, that you trust with your life. Right. Speak to them about it. And just stay very close. Stay very close to your children. Stay very close to your spouse. We're in this together. As they used to say when I was a kid and I spent... (laughs) Years and years and years and years of consecutive um, summers at convocations and church revivals and multiple church services. It's all in the house. Right. Stay close to your kids. Stay close to your spouse. Build up your family. Be a firm foundation. And then go from there. Mm. Those are my final thoughts. For me, it's Laughter. I always tell my kids that there can only be a hundred percent of you and you are filled with a hundred percent of things. So if you put in 60% of love, there's only 40% of other stuff that you can put in you. So if you're overly putting stress, if you're overly putting hatred inside of your body, that's going to be who you are. So if you have a choice, choose love. Choose to slow down. Choose to uh, accept your children for who they want to be. You know, it's so easy to say, you know, I, I have my master's or I might have my doctorate that my kids should achieve higher than me or the same things. In my house, I have one child that wants to, to do a trade, one child that wants to um, uh, pursue academia, and one child who really wants to be a star athlete. Now, we're going to help them develop plans to be successful financially. Yes. But I want my kids to be who they want to be. I don't want to overcrowd their mind with the junk that's inside mine. I don't want to try to make them to be what I couldn't will myself to be. And, and that's what can take so much of our time. We're so into trying to make our kids be us or be something that we can quote unquote be proud of that we take away the joy. We take away the laughter. So kind of as we talked about some in this, put time in your day for relaxation. Put time in your day to, to let all of the expectations of being the most successful person in the world come down a little bit that you can come to laugh because it is the laughter that's going to quiet the anxiety. It's the laughter that's going to quiet the depression. Life can be very complicated and difficult. It's very hard to live up to our own expectations. We have to learn when we're going through these anxieties in life, how to kick it back a little bit, how to laugh, and then refocus on the things that are important to us in our lives. That's right. All right, so that's it, baby. <laughs> we did it. We did it. <laughs> we did it. 
Guys, we have enjoyed this so much. If you could see our faces right now, we are smiling. I think we'll probably like hold each other and cry <laughs> <laughs> after this is over. It's just been so um, been fun. powerful and yeah. fun talking with you guys. We want to thank you for hanging out with us today. We love you. We love you so much. Let's keep this conversation going. Drop us a line on our website, www.sohereiswhatwedid.com. Again, we look forward to chatting with you soon and see you next time. Bye.